Welcome to the official podcast of the British Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. Whether you're a seasoned dental professional, an eager student, or simply someone curious about the intricacies of cosmetic dentistry, you're in the right place. Here at the BACD, we bring together the brightest minds, groundbreaking research, and innovative practices from across the UK and beyond. In each episode, we aim to delve deep offering insights, sharing stories, and demystifying the beautiful world of cosmetic dentistry. I'm Simon Chard, president of the BACD, and I'm thrilled to have you join us on this enlightening journey. Let's dive right in. So, hello, Isabella. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Uh, You are kindly giving up some of your time so that we can discuss what you're going to be doing at this year's BACD conference. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much, Christopher, and thank you for this wonderful organisation. Not at all. So obviously you are familiar with London because you're a very exotic speaker. You're not just confined to one international location. You you literally work in two different sites, right? Well, yes. But to be to be to be fair, I, I normally work in one country. However, circumstances have brought me to London many years ago where I've spent beautiful eight years of my life. And I have been working full-time in London uh, all of these eight years. Um, After which, um, due to personal reasons, my husband in particular, um, we had to go back to to Italy. And uh, so we transferred family and clearly work as well in Italy. So now my base, when it comes to work um, base and family base, is in Milan, in Italy. Um, However, my heart is in London as well and I couldn't let go of London so I've kept um, uh, basically one week out of the four in the month uh, back in London where you know it's my second home let's put it that way. So so is your passport have you got a British passport or an Italian passport? I have an Italian passport but I'm applying applying for my sons to have a British passport. I see and is your husband Italian or is he British? Yes 100%. So what, what brought you to the UK for such a protracted amount of time in the first place? Is that where you met your husband? No, my husband brought me because of his job. He's a lawyer and we moved uh, because of his job. And then we moved back to Milan because of his job. So I'm, the, I'm the follower. Got you. So obviously I was reading your CV, which for anyone listening to this, you can download from Isabella's website. Um it, it is impressive, to say the least. It's, right. It is a long document. Yeah. And so, hence, I was reading on there about where you trained and obviously about nationality and things like that. What is What are you most proud of on that CV? Without any doubt, my time spent in Boston, where, because I was, um, I've always been very stubborn, and uh, there was a possibility... Um, to go and become a research fellow uh, at the Harvard Dental School. And uh, this for me was a great opportunity because you have to consider, you know, I've, uh, I was studying, I studied in Italy, in Milan, in my uni, and then I was, you know, went through the typical training at the university hospital in Milan. And then the idea of leaving and going to the States and having, uh, you know, to, to meet in person, you know, the big Nevins, Ron Nevins and Mark and all the, you know, Joe Fiorellini, who was the chair at that time, really these, these big personalities for me was a dream. And um, so I won a scholarship, which was, a, which was quite peculiar because it was meant to be won by uh, medical students, not by dental students. Somehow... I managed to get that. Don't ask me how, but I because I don't know. 
Um, and, um, and yes, and then I left and I've spent beautiful, beautiful time there. And I think that really honestly changed the course of, of, um, in a way the career, because it taught me how to do research. It taught me how to write. And in a way I was in the right moment in the right place. Okay. And looking at your CV here, did that start around 1998? Is that right? It says here. Oh, interned... 1998, I signed my A-levels. I'm not that old. Oh, well, no, no. I'm just at <laughs> the start here. Because well, there's so yeah. much stuff on here. It's, it's incredible to keep up with. So well, we've got University of Milan, 1998. We then got San Paolo in Milan in 2000. Yes. New York in 2003. Correct. Boston comes up here, yeah, I see, you know. 2004, 2005. Exactly. So like I say, absolutely incredible. And of course, the other thing that catches my eye and certainly our listeners I'm sure uh, from 2014 you are the lecturer for the diploma in implant industry at our much loved Eastman Institute yes 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 so and that's what you still do now yes that that has been going on for for now quite a long time and um, yeah it's always a pleasure but now specifically I'm I'm working with Francesco D'Aiuto the chair of the Perry department at uh, UCL, and we're mm -hmm. doing lots of interesting research, which I will show possibly in London in November. Well, you have led me on perfectly because I say once once we get past the first few yeah. pages, we then got all your publications on here and everything, and obviously, so there's lots of publications going on here. What what's your favourite publication you've done? I suppose that that my favourite publication was the very first publication that we did. Um, well, I have two favorites. I have the massively, which I, I didn't like doing it because it was too much of a hassle, but the first systematic review on vertical ridge augmentation, which mm -hmm. was presented at the EFP consensus conference, and that's a 2008 one. Yep. But it took me, I mean, it was easier to produce my three children, to be honest with you. It was just like so long and so intense. And I still remember around Christmas time when... When Maurizio Tonetti, who was in charge of the reviewers, he called me and said, "Na na 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 na, this has to be redone." And at that stage, I literally wanted to cry. And uh, so that was a, a bit a big hassle. Mm -hmm. Happy and glad I did it. Never do it again. Because <laughs> I see here, you say that was two thousand eight. Here, straight yeah. off two thousand nine, yeah. vertical ridge, ridge augmentation again yes. by means of guided bone regeneration, past, present, and future, yeah. edited by none other than Daniel Boozer. So um, there we go. Lots of big names all over the place there. Yes, so um, so tell us, what do we have to look forward to from you in November? I think I think that the one of the most interesting aspects of the lecture will be will be based on first of all how clinical it will be how practical because at the end of the day I am a clinician I'm lucky enough to treat patients on a on an everyday basis and I think that for us clinicians this is the this is exactly what gives us the energy to carry on day after day the the gratification that we receive from our patients and so the actual presenting the difficulties, presenting the, you know, the challenges of our profession. I think that's something that I'm very honest about. Um, I don't like to show cases just simplifying them and thinking that they're straightforward. Those cases require so much that I'd like to come to, to put this across. And the second aspect is complications, which I'm very keen in sharing because normally um, speakers like to share somebody else's complications, whereas I like to share my own complications to show... <laughs> 
when things go wrong, um, how to deal with them and, um, and frankly, how to improve yourself to the point that the percentage decreases significantly when once you, you know, you, you always, uh, say, and you would confirm that you learn way more than when, when things go not as expected rather than everything flows, um, well. So, mm. yeah. So these two aspects, I think I'm, I'm very honest. I'm very, you know, practical. And why do you think in our profession, because as you say, that is unusual. Why is it we don't talk about failure more, do you think, in dentistry? Because we've all got failures, and if you haven't, you haven't done enough, right? Yes, of course, but it's. I think it's very It's very obvious, it's very clear. There's a lot of ego, there's a lot of not, not wanting to share um, our own, I don't know, comp- yeah, failures, complications, something that went wrong. I mean, it's, it's easier to share some spectacular cases, that's for sure. Hmm. However, it's, it's, it's a question of being very intellectually honest with peers. It's a real problem in healthcare, isn't it? Have you, have you read the book Black Box Thinking by Matthew Saeed? No, but I will. Oh, it's a fantastic book and it's all about failure and it compares different industries and how they address failure. And it looks in particular at airlines uh, who oh, yes. have a completely different approach to failure that we do in healthcare, where it is very publicly discussed, everyone learns from it, it's a very open forum. Uh, but as you say, in healthcare, it seems to be buried and hidden away. Um, and I think what would be great if moving forwards in our profession, failure could be discussed more, because certainly with implants, it happens, it, it, and, and it often happens even though you've done everything seemingly right. Yes, but I think that, Christopher, this has been, um, this is a very valid point, and I, and I couldn't agree more. I must pay credit to Frank Renoir, who's, um, who's from Paris, a very talented surgeon, and he was himself a helicopter pilot. And he has uh, wrote books, um, he, he has written books, um, and um, he also has published uh, many papers on failures in dentistry, taking it from the medical field and from the aviation. So it goes from the aviation to the medical to the dental. And I agree with you. It's still not spoken about. We had a brilliant session recently at the osteology uh, meeting in Barcelona this um, a few months ago. And um, we had the whole session only on errors and mistakes, but not necessarily clinical mistakes where things went, uh, went didn't go as expected because the drill wasn't working well or because the implant was not the right implant. Far from this, understanding why things do not work. Is it because our brain doesn't work? Is it because our eyes do not see specifically in that specific moment um, I don't know, the malpositioning of something, you know, it's, it's really understanding how the brain works. And I found it very, very enlightening and, and interesting. But I, I, we really have to pay credit to him because he's the one who's spreading the word in our field. Mm. Well, I say people have got to be brave about it and uh, and change the way it is, and probably actually our, our regulator needs to reconsider its position on some things as well, because um, I don't think they're always potentially as helpful as they they could be in those fields. Um, so your session is on the Thursday, the 9th of November. For anyone listening who's wondering when it is, uh, the BCD conference is three days. Isabella is kindly presenting on the Thursday, which is our, our sort of hands-on session day. Uh, 
Um, further information on it can be found, obviously, at www.bacd.com. Um, if you ever going to be one takeaway message, Isabella, of a sort of the, the unique selling point, the key learning objective, what would you say it's going to be from your session? That diagnostics or the diagnostic phase is the absolute mandatory number one super duper important phase <clears throat> we cannot avoid investing time dedication learning especially now with all the digital technology so the, the diagnostic phase is crucially important and um, again most importantly there are no shortcuts in these kind of surgeries we have to be humble learn and um, and work with every single very strict surgical protocol so that we don't make any mistakes. Fantastic. And of course, we have to give huge thanks to Geitschlik, who are supporting you at our event. Uh, without their support, we, you know, these things wouldn't be happening. Um, their, their products, they're obviously something you use in your daily practice. Yes. Which one out of their product range is your favourite? Well, I've been using uh, Geitschlik Bio, Awesome Bio Guide for decades now. And... Um, mm. And frankly, the amount of research. So, as as a clinician, I'm not I'm not using a product. Um, I don't have any conflict of interest because we because I have been testing and trying and even doing the research years many many different substitutes. I must say the solidity of the scientific knowledge and background that Geishik provides is makes you you know use these products in a very very safe um, in a safe way sound mm -hmm. and and um so yeah i definitely use those on a on a regular basis i've got to say i personally really do enjoy using the bios collagen blocks yes i just find the the handling of it fantastic um i mean i, I use that more now than I do the granules personally. Um, I just find I get really good predictable results with it, particularly if I uh, mix it up with some of the host bone as well. Um, yeah. it, it gives it gives nice results. So um, it's, they are products that I also use and support myself, uh, and I'm not being paid to say that. <laughs> uh, fantastic. So, well, what I would say is thank you so much for the introduction to your session. Thank you for your time this evening to give our, our listeners a heads up on what they can expect. Uh, and can I finalise by saying great minds obviously think alike because we use similar biomaterials. And I can't help but notice you look to be sat in sort of a fairly darkish greeny room with a, with a bookshelf and some books behind you there. Uh, and here I am with a very similar setup myself. So all I need now is, is the CV to back it all up. And, and I'm no, laughing. But, all, you need but sad. Now, all you need now is a wonderful plate of spaghetti. Oh, well, can I? I'll come around to yours then. And Absolutely. Fly over and I'll cook for you. Fantastic. Well, like I say, for anyone who wants to come and see Isabella, do log on to www.bacd.com. It is Thursday, the 9th of November, and it is at a lovely venue, the IET in London, just right by Waterloo Station. Um, stunning, stunning venue. Uh, and of course, we'll be having the gala dinner. Uh, and I'm sure it will be a great success. So thanks again to Geichlik. Thank you to Isabella for her time. And we, we will see you in November. Bye.